I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Dateable Podcast. We are back, back, back. And the first two episodes of the season have been so stellar. We're so happy (laughs) to get the feedback we've been getting. Uh, Some of you have said they've been eye-opening, life-changing, super insightful. So we're going to keep it rolling. We are. But I'm glad this week we are keeping it rolling in the sense of eye-opening and life-changing. But it's a little lighter. I feel like we Mm -hmm. got a little lighter tone. We have Will, who's going to be taking us through meeting his current wife on a solo trip, Mm -hmm. solo travel. And we did a poll in the Facebook group of the topics that people wanted the most this season. The number one topic was how to meet people in real life. I feel Mm -hmm. like we are just starving to meet people in real life after this pandemic. 
Starving <laughs> is an understatement on one side, wanting to connect with humans, and on the other side, forgetting how to communicate yes. and connect with humans. I'm definitely struggling with the latter. I went to something over the weekend, and I was in a crowd, and Julie, I almost I almost ran out of there. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I was supposed to like say hi and make eye contact with people. I really felt out of my element. Yeah, I went to a concert recently oh my indoors, gosh. and it was a lot of people at once. There were also a lot of teenagers. You apparently get an X on your hand if you're under 21, and they started moshing. Oh like, my god! 90s grunge is back for teens. <laughs> okay, have you watched Euphoria at all, Julie? I have not. I have not. Okay. I've heard of it. Uh- All right. So if anybody who watches Euphoria, you probably walk away thinking, oh, teenagers are like that. And then you look at the actual teenagers in real life and they're like pimply face, little dorky (laughs) dipshits. You're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Teenagers aren't actually like what they portray on TV because on Euphoria, they're probably like 30, (laughs) you know, trying to play 16 year olds. I forget that. I felt old as fuck. That's for sure. But it was good because music is important to my partner. So I was being a good girlfriend and going to this concert. What was the concert? I don't even know. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how much you care. That's oh, love. I do. I just, I forget their names. That's like that's like when I go to uh, basketball games with my partner. I'm like, who's playing? I don't care. Okay, in dog. my defense, he bought a ticket to this music festival and a lot of the people were unknowns. So it wasn't even like he went wanting to see these oh, people per se. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. But he probably likes the undiscovered, yeah, exactly. independent artists. Yeah, exactly. And I just know Rihanna <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I get you, girl. I get you. I think the only crowd I can be around is a stand-up comedy show. I realize mm, I really mm-hmm. miss that. Mm-hmm. And last night, Julie, I almost texted you because I watched Bernice E on yes! a it, <laughs> on a virtual improv stand-up show where it's called like first impressions or something like that. And after everyone goes, you get to vote for them. So then if they win, they can appear on the next mm. rendition of of that show. So she won. She was one of the Amazing. four winners. And she gets to appear again in the next show. And she she's phenomenal. I forget yeah. like she I'm so happy we had her on our show. We've also had people write in and say, thank you for introducing us to, to Bernice. She's so funny and just so insightful and just very likable person. So I would I would watch her in person. Oh, for sure. For anyone that forgets that episode, it was the pressure to settle down. Mm-hmm. And it was all about how you're left over past the age of 30 in China. And she, yes. she's hilarious. It was the, the lighthearted comedy that we needed on a very t- a deep cutting topic, I think. Yeah. And I went down this stand-up comedy rabbit hole because I crave it so much. So our guest for this episode, Will Rocklin, is also a stand-up comedian. You can find his material on YouTube. And I just watch all his stuff. I just went I just went through it all, you know, like hours of it. And fun fact, he is a friend of UA's or a yes. hus- her friend's husband. Yes. And I think you said, you were like, well, we, we talked about, we were brainstorming, okay, people really want to hear these IRL meet, these mm-hmm. meet cutes to try to get inspired inspiration of how we can meet more people IRL. And you said that you had the perfect guest 
because another thing we had talked about was the rise of solo travel, Mm -hmm. especially after the pandemic where travel has been taken away from us for so long. We feel like a lot of singles are just gonna be like, fuck it, I'm going anyways by myself. I'm good. And this is the perfect opportunity to meet people. So this was the best hybrid of those two topics. And he's humorous, which I love his (laughs) sense of humor. He makes my friend very happy. So I'm a big fan of Will's. But this is the state that we're in. It's like trying to get creative with how we meet people in real life. How do we find that human connection? And as life goes on, you never know what it throws at you. So I guess that's my transition to you, Julie. How is the egg freezing going? (laughs) I was going to give an egg freezing update, but you know, I'm day seven right now. Hopefully, we'll see tomorrow when I go back to the doctors. Hopefully, my last day of meds is tomorrow because it's eight to 12 days and it's all about how you're responding. So, so far, I've been responding really well. So I'm hoping that I'm on the lower end because that means less times I need to put noodles into my body and less medication costs I have to incur. So I'm really hoping that tomorrow they tell me that I'm good to go for the procedure on Monday. So this is something I didn't know before. You pay by the day for the medication. Mm -hmm. So the longer you have to be with this process, the more you have to pay. So you're hoping for shorter days (laughs) in this process. And that's what you mean by the lower end of... um, of Yes. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I ordered eight days of meds instead of 12 with the hope that I wouldn't need them. So yeah, things are going well. Um, I had one day that I felt really low. Mm-hmm. And I definitely was pretty hypersensitive to some things my partner said. Mm. I think all the stress of just a lot that's been going on in our world to, came to a toll for me. I believe it was the hormones kicking in. I don't know for sure, but I, it, it probably was. But outside of that, honestly, I haven't felt that bad. There's mm-hmm. been some days I've been extremely loving lovey dovey, <laughs> And maybe it's the hormones kicking in in a positive way. But the shots really haven't been bad. I, I hate saying this, but I, d- I feel like I don't know if I could have done it myself. Maybe I could have, maybe I would have risen to the occasion. But I think having my partner's support, it has brought me closer to him. You have to do it in your belly which is the area of my body that I think I'm the most self-conscious about. Mm. So I'm like, there's something extremely vulnerable about grabbing your belly fat and being like, put a shot in it. So (laughs) it... It definitely has taken things to a different level, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely another level. <laughs> Are there things that you can't do while you're going through the shots? Like, can you have sex? No, you cannot uh, have sex. We wanted to ask about other stuff, but honestly, I was a little <laughs> embarrassed to ask. What base can you go to? I know, I couldn't break myself to ask. And then I thought about doing it for research for this podcast, like priming it that way. But I still couldn't bring myself to ask. So at this point, I think just abstaining. But also heavy exercise, yoga and uh-huh. Pilates specifically, because you're twisting a lot. Oh, Even okay. running and biking is on the edge. They said you could do it, but you need to be careful. So I've just been laying low. I don't oh. know, a week to, as an excuse not to hold myself accountable for exercise. <laughs> that bad. No drinking, I'm guessing. You're not supposed to drink. You can do one drink a day. Like a glass of wine, Mm. but I've just been abstaining from alcohol because I just don't want to risk it. One of my friends definitely drank during it, and she said that she had stomach cramps so bad that she had to go on meds for cancer patients. So, what? Yeah. 
and she doesn't know if it's from the drinking, but I didn't want to risk it. So Shit. Yeah, I actually start stopped drinking even like a week before this whole thing to just yeah, yeah. be really careful. But yeah, all is well. Um, that's the update. We'll keep you posted next week and then hopefully I'll be done with this whole thing. Fingers I crossed. I think it's kind of funny that you were embarrassed to ask about the sex <laughs> questions. Why is that, Julie? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're a grown ass woman. I know. I know. Can we do a little fingering? Can we do a little? Wanted to ask, (laughs) but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. (laughs) So, if anyone knows the answer, write in. Please tell us. Maybe I'll grow some. Maybe I'll have. I don't grow know. Grow some bigger vaginas? Is yeah, I was like, what was I going to say? I was like, gonna, I don't like using gross balls. I hate that. It's just a gross term. But grow I, a bigger clit and ask <laughs> the right questions. I mean, a- aren't I doing that? But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that's the update. I wanted to ask you, Yue, going kind of mm. back to our topic. I was curious, like, have you ever met someone on a solo trip or on oh, a trip in general? Like someone romantic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I had a whole relationship with someone in, in oh, the UK. I do remember that. <laughs> I actually do remember that. And then you got back and you're like, no. <laughs> no. So it was just so wild. I went to the UK for work and I was filming a show over there. And I went on Tinder just for funsies. So I'm really into John Cusack. For anybody who doesn't know, John Cusack, I would leave my partner in a heartbeat for John Cusack. It's just, it's a, it's a known fact, okay? He knows. I know. The whole world knows now. And I met a guy on Tinder named J- Jim Cusick. And I'm like, close, close enough. enough. <laughs> Uh, James Cusick, but went by Jim. And we had, I was there for three days. We had a three-day romance. We did the whole thing. Like, we went on dates and we uh, had a sleepover. He met my coworkers. (laughs) And then I had to go away I had to go to another part of Europe for a few days and I came back to London. And the whole plan was when I come back to London, we would meet up again because there was something so special. And I think as soon as I left, I already knew that this was not going to be anything special. But he was willing. He was like willing to move to the U.S. Aww. or willing to have me move there. <laughs> we had this we had this fantasy romance that was really wonderful in the moment of the place and time that it happened. But definitely was not a reality once I left. Mm. Was that the only time that happened or do you have other times? I think that was the only time that it was like a very substantial romance. And that was the closest I'll ever get to John Cusack. (laughs) You never know. John Cusack could be listening right this minute. Ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready for you, John. I'm so ready for you. You know, I've actually never had a vacation romance before. Ever. Mm. Not even a hookup. Nothing. And Mm. I think it's because I'm way too logical with some of this stuff. Mm. I think it's that it's I know what it is. It's I would I viewed it as a waste of time. I was kind of like, well, the odds of this turning into anything is slim to none. So if I'm going on vacation, I want to experience the trip that I'm doing and the experience and be with the people Mm. I came with. I think I compartmentalized a lot. And I like that this story that we're hearing today actually proves me wrong, that you can make something happen. You just don't know where life is going to take you. And every opportunity to meet someone is an opportunity, whether they live 
in your city or they live a zillion miles away. And what was ironic too, we'll get into this with the story, is that even though Will and his what now wife met in Europe, they had a lot of cross connections. They had a lot of cross connections in San Francisco and New York. Mm-hmm. And there were so many, it was like, this really is a small world. And I think we forget that sometimes. It feels so random to me that I just, I compartmentalized it. I think that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, what I really love about meeting people on vacation is that all your expectations are thrown out the window. Yeah. And you don't have any pressure on anybody. Like in dating in real life, I feel like a lot of us are spark chasers. We're mm-hmm. chasing that spark. Is this going to be a spark on this date? Is this going <laughs> to be chemistry? But when you're on vacation, you don't give a fuck. You're like, I just want to meet someone who's local, have a good time. And I feel like that organic chemistry can happen a lot easier mm. in, in those situations. But I agree, logistically, <laughs> it's not as viable, but we've seen it happen and it could always happen. Yeah, I think just keeping an open mind and doing what's right for you. And if you're on my boat, maybe after you listen to this, you'll have a different perspective. And that's what Datable is all about. Yes. Opening up your perspective. Should we get to our question? Because I'm dying for this question. This one's so good. Let's do this question. (laughs) This listener wrote in and said, I'm having a hard time being single. How do I embrace singlehood as much as some some other people like to? Yeah, we've talked about this too. I think there's a difference between embracing singlehood and there's also this way of thinking about embracing where you are today is where you're supposed to be. I think it's not so much about embracing the fact that like I'm celebrating, I'm single. Look at me, I'm a I'm a single independent woman or a single independent man. It's embracing the the transition or the mm-hmm. state of being that you're in. And one of the best ways of embracing this this uh phase in your life is to think like, what are the things that I get to do while I'm single that I don't get to do when I'm in a partnership? And I think one of those for me would be be everything being on my own time. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, without accommodating someone else. That is the freedom that you get to you get to experience when you're single. I was just pulling up a post that Coffee Meets Bagel put up the other day. Mm. And it says both are true. Being single sucks. And being single has unique things I can't do in a relationship. Mm. Getting ghosted sucks. And getting ghosted has nothing to do with me. Breaking up sucks. Breaking up gives me a chance to move on to something better. Rejection sucks. Rejection is not going to stop me from trying again. So what I like about this is that you can feel like being single sucks. That's fine. That's Mm -hmm. natural. And if that's what you're feeling, we don't want to ever tell you to not feel that way. That being said, can we push ourselves to think of the positives, the flip side of it, what you were just saying, UA, is what do I get out of this state that I may not be able to do in the future? I think one of the things that I love when I was being single was just having time to myself Mm -hmm. that I don't really feel like I have as much in anymore. And it's not that it's a problem now, but it was a phase of my life that I did a lot of self-work and self-development and actually, quite frankly, set me up for where I am today. So instead of looking at it as a status you need to fix, how can you make the most of the time that you are single? And I believe Chelsea Handler put something up too about this that really resonated is that she said, you know, that she's with Joe Coy now, and she's so over the top happy. And for 
for years, she was just like, I'm going to be single. I've accepted I'm single. And she's now saying, I finally met my person. And the irony was that he was there the entire time. Mm -hmm. But she got to a place in her own self and same, I'm sure he did self growth too, that got to them together. And she had a a video up that said the single most important thing you can do while you're single is becoming the best version of yourself. And that doesn't mean that you need to be perfect or you need to be, you know, X, Y, and Z that you're not. It's just how can I get a little better every day? And what we've said, become the person that you want to date. And I think if you can embrace singlehood as a season and not that there's a flaw with you, there's something wrong, it's just where you are current day and what can you do to make the most of it? Normally, people like to view view singlehood as a transitional period in between relationships. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm on my way to the, my next relationship. So I'm single during this period. What if we switch the thinking and think about relationships as the transitional period in between us yeah. finding ourselves and having a relationship with ourselves. So it's, it's a state of being that helps you understand yourself more in relation to the rest of the world versus like you seeing the world in relation to your partnership, right? So I think it's just like the shifting that mindset and thinking about this as you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I there's been so many times earlier in my life that I felt like there was something flawed about me that I was single, mm-hmm. that I wasn't in a relationship that that was the coveted goal and it took me to really sink in that this was precious time that was just as good as being in a relationship just in a different way to get to the place that I think I did actually attract a healthy relationship because I wasn't coming from a place of desperation or trying to fill a void Mm -hmm. and the reality today too is that life isn't linear with relationships you're not single then you're married and then you have kids and then you're with that person forever there's a chance that you could become single again we have tons of people that are divorced or widowed or whatnot, I think the best thing you can do for yourself is be happy no matter what your relationship status is. So if things do change for some reason, you could pick yourself back up. Yeah. I'd much rather be single and thriving than lonely and in a relationship. Exactly. Okay. So many good things in this episode. So I'm glad that we're getting into it. Quick announcements. We mentioned last week that we have Love in the Time of Corona public group and then the sounding board, which is our premium membership group that every week we have these weekly sound offs where people of the community can connect with one another. We had a really good office hours last week that UA and I did. And we definitely deep dived about Love is Blind for a while. And then we got into people's burning dating questions. And it's not just us giving it's the advice. It's the entire sounding board coming together to support one another. So if you're looking for that support, the hardest part I think about being single is that it can feel really lonely at times. So if you have the support system, maybe it won't be as big a deal if you're single. If you're interested in that, join by going to datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. We put a PSA last week that if you've requested access through the Facebook group, it's not that we're rejecting you because we don't want you in there. You just need to sign up first. So that's the the biggest announcement this week. And share this with a friend. That's our other announcement. Okay, let's get into a few quick messages from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Switchcraft. 
Have you noticed match three games can all seem like the same? Don't get me wrong, they can be a lot of fun, but they all tend to have the same format, which gets boring. But Switchcraft is a brand new take on match three games. As you play, you unlock pieces of a beautiful, magical, and gripping graphic novel. The game is a unique blend of TV-worthy writing, choose-your-own-adventure-style narrative, and thousands of magical match three levels. My favorite part of Switchcraft is the inclusivity and diversity of its 85 characters. It's 2022, and it's nice to play a game that features a majority BIPOC main cast of characters headed by a strong female lead. Wider diversity, including nationality, sexuality, and disability is embedded throughout the story. It's such a refreshing take on your traditional games, and I'm all for it. With Switchcraft, play your way through hundreds of enchanting match three levels, revealing a dark and winding mystery story. It all starts with the disappearance of your best friend. Now it's up to you to unravel the mystery of her disappearance using your magical match three skills. Get playing today. Download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. This episode is brought to you by Murad Skincare, a line of clinically proven cruelty-free products that meet the meticulous standards for safety, efficacy, and care you expect from a doctor. One of my favorite products is the Invisiscar resurfacing treatment, which I've already seen some results from, from using it for just a few weeks. Founded by Dr. Howard Murad, who is a board-certified dermatologist and trained pharmacist, recognized around the world as a visionary for his unmatched scientific innovations, Murad has also launched a digital magazine and a podcast podcast called Well Connected by Murad, connecting the dots between science and wellness. Find the digital magazine at wellconnected.murad.com and the podcast Well Connected by Murad wherever you listen to your podcast. And for dateable listeners only, go to murad.com and enter the code dateable for 20% off and free shipping for orders of $60 or more. Again, that's murad.com and enter the code dateable, D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E, for 20% off and free shipping for $60 or more. Okay, let's hear it from Will about solo traveling. Solo travel. Solo (laughs) travel used to be the thing you do when you have crossroads in your life or you just graduated from college and you want to take a few months off before you get into the real world. But we've decided and we found that in 2022, it's a new trend for singles to do solo travel as a way to not only get themselves back out there on vacation, but to meet other singles who are also solo traveling. But our our guest today, Will, did solo travel before it was a thing. You can call him the grandfather of solo travel. Just kidding. You're not. They've been doing solo travel for a long time. But Will has such a great story about how his solo travels have actually led him to his now wife, who's a good friend of mine. So welcome, Will, to Dateable. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Hello, everybody. Well, welcome. Welcome. Will has been in LA for a year, originally from New Haven, Connecticut. He's 39 years old and he is married. And so let's talk about solo travel. What's this? You had a trip that changed your life and you didn't know this was going to happen. So let's just talk about where did you go on this trip? Let's start with when. When did this trip happen? This was way back in August of 2016, a fond time to remember when all of today's problems didn't exist. <laughs> and then we where did you go? I went to the Italian Alps, a place called the Dolomites. And then how did this trip come about? How did you decide to do this on your own? Yeah. So I was in San Francisco living there at the time, beautiful city, but I realized it's not for me. And I wanted to go back to New York. And I was thinking about specifically like 
my job has kind of run its course and I've done everything in this town that I've wanted to do and around San Francisco. And I just had a sense after dating a while that my person wasn't here. I could just Mm -hmm. kind of palpably feel it. They're not living in San Francisco. It was sort of intuition or gut or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, oh, I should also just play the odds. And if I'm looking for a nice Jewish girl, which I was at the time, (laughs) I should obviously go to Brooklyn. So that's where I was on my way. (laughs) The Mecca. (laughs) I had the... I'd carved out like six weeks to travel and, and, and hang out. So on Thursday, I quit my job. On Friday, I moved out of my apartment. And on Saturday, I was in Burning Man. Now, mm. this isn't a story about like meeting your person at Burning Man. And that would be cool. That'd be like a groovy place to, to meet your person in the We've desert. We've done that story too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not this story. And I don't want to knock that story. That story is great. So I decided after Burning Man that I wanted to be alone because I will have been in all this like commotion and like activity and involvement. And so let me just like go throttle it down and go Mm -hmm. to the mountains. That's my happy place. And I've always dreamed of going to the Dolomites. They're this gorgeous mountain chain in Northern Italy. And I really wanted to just check it out. So it took me from like Black Rock City, like two, three days to get there because it's like one remote place to another remote place. And uh, yeah, I was alone. And that began my six weeks of, of European travel alone. Okay. So six weeks. How far in did you meet your now wife? It was pretty early on. I met her, I think, like uh, just a few days into the trip. A mm, few days. Wow. Yeah. Let's and how talk did about that go that. down? Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So when you get to the Dolomites, it's like a bunch of 50-year-old German couples who are there for hiking. <laughs> Perfect. And I was like the I was the only like single-ish looking person floating around that I could tell. And I checked into a bed and breakfast, not not an not an air bed and breakfast, like a just a regular one. And I picked this place like weeks prior because it had like a spa and a sauna and a steam room. It had like all these like really nice amenities. Cause this hotel in this town is basically a ski town. Okay. And in the summer, picture like a sound of music place where <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of music. After a couple of days of hiking or a day or what you know, I hadn't been there long. Um, I was like all tired and I was like, let me just chill out and enjoy the spa. And I get down to the spa floor and, um, you know, German couple, German couple, German couple, and then one single woman who is my, was, is now my wife. And so she's, she was born in China. And at the time I had no idea if she spoke English, if her husband was upstairs, like, I don't know what was going on. You didn't know she was single. No, but she was alone. She was the only woman alone that I had seen in days. (laughs) And so I was like, well, let me, she's attractive. Let me not creepily see if I can be near her physically (laughs) without alarming her. That sounds creepy. That was, (laughs) uh, listen, I'm in a towel. She's in a towel. (laughs) It's ripe for being creepy. And I knew that. And it took everything I had in the tank not to make it seem creepier. Now, I don't want to say where, how this ends, but I was successful. So let's, you know, not knock. <laughs> the towel the worked. The towel trick worked. <laughs> Turned out she was a bigger creep. So it just worked out really well. <laughs> Bingo. My wife is also creepy. I think she you is. nailed it. She it's is. all you need is two people on the same page, yeah. right? Lid for every pot. Lid for every creepy pot. <laughs> yeah. So now she had heard me talking from across the way and I was doing my thing to people who didn't want me to be talking to them. You know, when you get in the spa and you like chit chat and they're like, leave us alone. So I <laughs> left them alone and I was like, you know, cruising around and she was in that area where you kind of chill out like it's lounge chairs and there's magazines and stuff. So there's like not active 
active spying happening or kind of in between. And I really wanted to talk to her, but I didn't want to be like, hey, what's going down? You know, so there was this very wacky shower in the environment and it played music and had a LED light show. I think it even had like a perfume component. It was an amazing Italian invention. I've never seen one before since. And I was like, wow, I really hope she goes to use that shower because when she comes out, then I'll hit her with (laughs) the intro. (laughs) That's the line. What line was like in your mind that you thought this was the perfect setup? Now, before I tell you, I should tell you that I'm a comedian and a writer. So I really thought about it. And the line that came out was, how's that shower? Wow. Hey, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes the less creepy is the more straightforward. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, it wasn't, you know, miraculous. That's not a great line. I know that. But yeah, as you put it, sometimes you just need to, you know, cut to the chase. It was an amazing shower. It was noteworthy. We're talking about it right now. And (laughs) she came out. She's like, yeah, that was that was interesting. And I was like, you know, so we took it from there because now it wasn't about me and her. It was about a third thing, this shared experience Mm -hmm. that we'd had. And that's to get a little sincere, a way to not be creepy when you're talking to a stranger. Bingo. And then what happened? I took a seat on the lounge chairs next to her and we started chit-chatting like, hey, what do you, you know, what, how are we both here? <laughs> how did you pick this place? This seems random. Oh, it's amazing you speak English. I, I didn't know that. And, you know, we very quickly realized that we had a surprisingly large amount of things in common. We both had lived in the same neighborhood in New York and in San Francisco. Wow. Mm-hmm. We knew some people in common from Google where I had worked in the past and she was still there. Once a person was in common established, then like her radar You're not came. creepy anymore. Yeah. Now you're totally safe, which isn't exactly true but you know whatever and so yeah so we we talked about all those all those like things and they kept adding up and it was really really shocking and after about an hour or so of, of chit-chatting she's like you know i've been in the spa like kind of all day i'm gonna take off and go have dinner with my parents and i was like um date night and mm. so i invited her basically out for a drink and she kind of said yes i think i don't think she said no i think she was like yeah okay <laughs> she didn't say no so it was yes <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure she said yes outright. I'm, maybe she didn't, but I, I think she did. Well, she showed <laughs> and, up, um, so she said yes. I'm sure she did, yes. Yeah, yeah. So she she took off and she, you know, we exchanged info and she went out to dinner with her folks. But because she was with her folks, she was like, I met a new friend. And they're like, does he want to come to dinner? So then I got a text inviting me to dinner with her parents. I was <laughs> oh like, my God. this is going way too slow for me. We can, can we speed this up? <laughs> So I I I was like, no, you you do your thing, and I'll go I'll go do mine, and I'll see you later. And um, you know, so I'm backpacking. I'm not quite literally backpacking, but I'm you know effectively backpacking. I have like a you know a small suitcase, but in it I brought one fancy article of clothing, which was a cardigan with leather elbow patches, and I was Damn. like, tonight's the night. <laughs> You've been preparing for this night, pulling out the big guns. Yes. <laughs> Now, you should not bring that on your six-week trip to Europe. That makes no sense. (laughs) But for some reason, I brought it, and I was like, this is it. When else am I going to wear it? I I come down the stairs. She's already there in the lobby, and I'm wearing this camel-colored cardigan with a white button down and jeans, and she's like in flip-flops and shorts. And She didn't get the memo. 
Yeah, she thought it was nuts. So the crazy potentialness of me continued. And then we went to the one bar that was open in town across the street. And I had lived in Italy in college and I speak Italian. So this was like the nice, I was like, okay, here, this moment's going to be cool. And so I ordered in <laughs> Italian for both of us. And she wasn't sure if I, like, I actually spoke Italian or if I was just like kind of being a show off. But then the bartender like asked another question or two. And then I was like, and then she was like, And I was like, finally, my minor in Italian is paying off. And we, oh yeah, we had our drink and there was nowhere to go. So we ended up going back to my room because she was staying with her parents down the hall. So it also acquired this sort of like freshman year college Mm -hmm. kind of feel. Sneaking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're in my room by default. There's nowhere to go. And, you know, we have uh, a really nice evening and then she like tiptoed back into her room uh, later that night. And, um, yeah, we exchanged info. And so I think a few days, she, she was leaving basically that the next day. And then I uh, asked her if she wanted to meet up later in Europe because she was living in London at the time. So we ended okay. up exchanging emails and stuff like that and picked to go to Copenhagen together. Our second date was effectively a weekend together in Copenhagen. Wait, so Will, back up for a sec. What compelled you to ask her out in the first place? Because it's kind of, it's still sort of uncomfortable, right? You're there on your own. You, you meet a stranger. You have some friends in common. You don't really know her situation, but you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. There's like a moment of choice, I think, that you always have when you meet someone new of like, am I going to like let the fear win or am I going to just go for it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we alive for? You know, I'm not in a towel in Italy (laughs) with a vision of coming here to play it safe. There's nothing that could happen that's bad, right? Like maybe it doesn't go great, but I was going to be, you know, watching Netflix in my room alone anyway. So it's like, why not? And when you first met, when you were asking her out, was there this feeling like this is something romantic or was it more just what you said, the other option as I'm by myself? Well, it felt like kind of like we knew each other already. It was Mm -hmm. one of those. So I'm not sure how much trepidation there was. I'm either of our parts because there was just an eerie amount of things that were racking up really quickly mm-hmm. in in us knowing each other including the fact that it was so crazy that we were meeting here when we pretty much concluded that we had been at the same party at one point. Mm-hmm. She had almost gone on a date with one of my best friends. Wow. There was a surprising amount of like near misses. So I think that it wasn't a typical like how do we you know steal ourselves for, for being with somebody who may be a waste of time or, or you know it isn't right. It was such like a full body yes, either as a friend for right now mm-hmm. and the curiosity of what's happening or all the potential that has turned out to, to pan out. I could totally see that. You're like, this. there's too much coincidence here to not keep this conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been in those moments, right? And you're like, wow, this is truly a gift from the universe. Let me let me see what's here. Let's And, and there's that joy of that excitement, that surprise. You're unwrapping this gift. Yeah. There's a reason why you're brought together in that one moment in time. So now we've, we're going to Copenhagen. What happens on this trip? Yeah, Copenhagen. What a great, what a great trip that was. She can't, her plane arrived late and I wanted to go do something. Like a, I had a friend who lives there and she was like at a concert and she's like, come with me. And then I was like, going to miss Amy's arrival. So I made like a little welcome basket of oh, like wow. snacks and things. 
Because I was like, this is such a leap for her to come to meet me, based still a stranger. And I was like, I need to like warm the 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 place a little bit so she feels like really welcomed and and cool. And so I just like ran, you know, this like sort of like really fun to Aaron, which I've repeated now ad nauseum so many times as a husband <laughs> that like anyone in a serious relationship has done for their partner. Of like, let me get you a care pack. And so, <laughs> It's your thing now. Yeah. Yeah. So I pull all these like things together, not knowing her. And it was really fun. I remember like pretty vividly being the story, being like, would she want this? Or like, should I get the goldfish? Or like, what are the, this, what is this Copenhagen thing? You know, like kind of piecing it together. So I make all this and I leave it in the room and I write her a note. And of course I told her like, Hey, I'm going to go to this thing. And she's like, cool. I'll, I'll come meet you there. Oh, you guys are sharing the same hotel room. Yeah. We're in the same hotel room. Yeah. Oh, oh. it's serious. I got to yeah. ask. Cause I'm so curious. Did you know, did you like kiss or did things go down? the first night yeah, or well, were you, you st- skip through yeah. some stuff <laughs> that's the stuff i want to know personally is this a pg podcast or is no this like it's R? definitely like, a rated is- oh r my god it's this yeah is- <laughs> this is borderline porn what, what do you, you think you and i are doing over here right <laughs> since you asked yeah you can just cue like the bouch wow wow thing okay. like you can just play that mm, in your mind like, okay okay it wasn't tr- we weren't tr- trying or planning or I was I had no hopes of doing that I, I'm actually a little like prudish maybe you noticed because I left this whole story out this part of the story <laughs> out. <laughs> you got caught up in the moment but yeah we had we had this really beautiful kiss on the in the stairs of the hotel it was like a really nice staircase um even before she came up to to the room it wasn't like we like tore each other's clothes off when we got in there it was just like we were just kept hanging out and it felt really really nice and then it was like you needed for the kiss and that felt good and then everything felt good so we just you know kept going basically and um yeah and so then in copenhagen there wasn't a question about one room or two mm. that was right like, it was already established yeah. i mean i figured as much mm. because after one night to you know i mean did you derail your trip like were you already planning on going to copenhagen or was this kind of a deviation because of her i had the no plan plan for a chunk of it beautiful i love doing that as, as long as my anxiety can like hang on because i definitely have like a lot of that and want to make sure everything's going well and smooth but there was a large amount of it that i would left totally open to, to fate so i picked copenhagen because i knew it was a good flight for her and and for me I, there were some other options i was looking at and they were all harder for her so i was like let's let's do copenhagen i don't know if we established this yet she did live in london at the time so mm-hmm. she wasn't exactly yeah. like traveling from the states to go to copenhagen just right. want to clarify but still yeah. going somewhere to meet you you know like there's still a clear level of intent that's happening there i guess like at this point did both of you think this was something or was it more kind of just this is fun let's see where things go because i mean you still live it you're planning on moving to brooklyn right so it's like what's going on in your mind i think it was just at this point this is so fun this is so exciting this is really special this is rare mm. i can't think of many or any times so that this has happened how can you not follow up on something like this like, what would hold you back? again like that same like why wouldn't you feel this out 
we had such a connection. It was so clear and so, so wonderful that I never thought really twice about it. And I think that just by establishing a place that was easy for her and making that clear and her understanding that and being appreciative of it, it started to reveal who I was and what I, what I, you know, not just words, but actions. And that's such a big deal for any, you know, two, like two people are trying to figure out who each other are. And so some of these things that can take weeks or months to mm-hmm. serve surface showed up really, really, really fast for us. And I mean, I we skipped the part. Not only was there like a fun night of, you know, romance, but also I met her, I ended up meeting her parents the following morning at brunch. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God. <laughs> this dude told me he was gonna go on an early morning hike and here he is coming down the stairs. She's like, don't come over here. Don't come over here. And I'm like, <laughs> oh hey. I guess I gotta go over there. There's no playbook for I hooked up with your daughter last night. Let me meet you right now. <laughs> yeah, it's more awkward if you don't go over, but I could see it being super awkward to also go over at the same exact time. Yeah. Now, this is the moment. This is that fork in the road where I feel like a lot of people would have gone the way I did not go, which is like, I can just kind of like shirk over here and like quiet and pretty, like, you know, like do one of these and just hope this goes away soon. But I was like, I, that doesn't feel right. I got to go in. I got to say hello. <laughs> Did her parents put the two and two together later? You know, we don't know, and I never want to <laughs> <Never> find <ask. laughs> out. <laughs> That's, that is something we have not ever talked about at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're Chinese, and there's some cultural things that we'll never iron out because of that. And I would love to keep this as one of them. I just never yeah. want to ever know <laughs> no. what they thought. So, yeah. So, bring us back to Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah. How long is this trip? What's going on? down how are you feeling yeah it was a weekend i think it was a long weekend and amy had she was coming in from you know work and cheating a little bit and working on the plane and then cabs and stuff and it was amazing because i knew what i would like to do while exploring a new city and that's kind of like walk around check out the neighborhoods maybe go to a a museum if that's cool like eat some stuff like a mix like maybe rent a bike i don't know like that's kind of what I would do in Copenhagen, right? And then there's this other person with me that I know a little bit pretty well for how long I've known her for sure, but I didn't know anything. So I kind of like tried to make her feel welcomed and comfortable as you heard. And then also like kind of just bring her along on what I thought was cool. And then when we were together, let's kind of horse trade or, you know, what do you like? And we'll do that, you know, that kind of thing. So she just kind of jumped right into the pool and I have to give her so much credit for like throwing a lot of caution to the wind and being open and excited and and ready to try things. So she got to the hotel. She she saw the basket and the little note and she was pumped. And then she took a cab to meet me at this not touristy place, like 20 minutes outside the city where like a punk band was playing. Cause that's what my friend from Copenhagen thought would be cool. So now Amy's dealing with, you know, and I'm a huge music fan and I go to see shows all the time. You know, this is like before COVID. So now she's getting into the, like the deep end of like something I really <laughs> love to do, which is like not tourist travel, hang out with locals, do music. And she's like way into it. And I was like, hmm. Mm. This is interesting. And then I booked like a really fancy restaurant for lunch the next day because Copenhagen has some like Michelin stuff going on there. Nice. And I remember asking her like really innocently, I'm like, are you like into food? 
And Amy <laughs> is like one of the most foodie people alive. Like she's, it's like her main thing. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And it was like a heat wave in Copenhagen. So everyone's trying to get to the beach and the restaurant calls us and they're like, are you sure you don't want to cancel? Because if you do, we all get to go to the beach. And I was yeah. like, no, nah, sorry, we're coming in. So it was just me and her as if we rented out the restaurant wow. and it was like 18 people, like including chefs and waitstaff just for us. Just for you too. It's so fascinating to me because I have personally never done something like this. So I'm just blown away. But when you think of couples travel, usually it's when you're far into a relationship. So you kind of know what the person's into and what they like. And it's so fascinating that you were that you were just saying that you asked if she was into restaurants and that we're pleasant surprised she was at this point i'm still trying to piece it together but are you like feeling like this is gonna be something or are you still just going with the flow at this point just going with the flow yeah okay. i don't mean to evade your question i'm so sorry just no just doing my thing having fun being present you know because in between those you know like all the problems i left in san francisco and all the things in front of me in brooklyn i was just super present i had no pain I, it was the most like Buddhist I've ever been because there was only right now. And what was the general vibe of the weekend? Were you two kind of romantic and coupley? Yeah. Yeah. It started to go there. Like there was some hand holding. Uh, I remember we went to this, we went to a bar and I, I got some drinks and I turned around and some dude was hitting on her. And I was like, nope. you need to leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got to like be you know protective and like kind of do that gently as I could. And, you know, we rode bikes together. So there was like a Cialis commercial moment or two. Um, <laughs> so when the weekend kind of comes to an end, what's what's next on your agendas? Are you just kind of like, yeah, tell us. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I was like, you know, I, I finished up my travels and then I was, I got very focused on getting settled back in New York and hit my job and stuff like that. And Amy was like, oh my God, what's, what's going on? What's happening? So the storyline starts to make me look less good for quite a while. And mm. I become a little bit more careful and unsure about mm. what's happening because she's in London and I just got to New York and I'm, you know, supposed to start this startup and, you know, be super focused on that. There is a visit. I go to, sorry, I go to London um, where she was living and that was really cool. We had a cool weekend together. Let's see if I remember the timeline. But anyway, there's one trip where I go to London and then there's one where she comes to New York and she came to New York around my birthday and she met a bunch of my friends, which was mm. really cool. How did you introduce her to your friends? Did you tell all of them the backstory? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, here's here's what happened. And she, you know, we made a birthday dinner, uh, me and my friend and Amy was one of the, you know, guests at the dinner basically. And she was staying with me and she had friends in New York as well that she was hanging out mm -hmm. and seeing. But I think there was a little like, I don't want to tell Will I'm in New York just to see him so let me like couch it mm. as like i'm, I'm gonna yeah. like hedge and see some other friends or whatever so i remember that being like in the air yeah but it was easy to like bring her around and show my friends and have her meet them and stuff there was no like hidden agenda or hiding behind what was going really really going on okay let's hold that thought for some messages 
This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, Nina's going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, okay, so just, I love timelines. UA knows this. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, follow along. So you meet, and then 
how much time is between now going to Copenhagen from that that first magical night? I think it was about uh, like a week or two, not okay. long, maybe a week. And then after that, you traveled for another like four weeks. Mm-hmm. And are you yep. guys keeping in touch during this whole time? Yeah, yeah, we're texting. We're we're staying in touch. I'm sending her photos of where I am and stuff. So yeah. Okay. And then you go to New York. So that's like six weeks later. And when did these visits happen? I I think the next trip was her coming to New York in December, the end of December. And then, you know, she was there for maybe a week. And then we decided to go take a trip together um, and spend New Year's somewhere. So we ended up going to Bermuda. Mm. That was pretty cool. And then I remember at the end of that trip being like, what's happening? Yeah. What are we going to do here? Like, not only are we an ocean away, but you are also ready to change your life. Like you're wondering what's next for you from a career standpoint. And you're thinking about like doing some soul searching and like solo travel. Like, I don't want to get in the way of that. I'm not going to like derail you. And that felt really important to me. And it was sincere and also like kind of connected to a like, I don't want to be in a long distance relationship. Right. Like mm. that's not exciting or int- I've been in those and I'm I'm cool. I'm good on that. So <laughs> no, thank you. What did you want, Will, at this time? Were you looking for a long-term stable relationship? Were you looking to find that nice Jewish girl to marry? Yeah, I was ready to to find the one. You know, that's why I left uh. San Francisco, right? I was, you know, trying to find her. And I was like, not really thinking this would turn it into it just because of like timelines and locations. And mm-hmm. I think the right person in the wrong moment isn't is going to work. So I was feeling maybe a little bit not sure or maybe even pessimistic on the odds of it panning out. And like, did you want it to? And it was just the, you know, the situation or were you just kind of like, this isn't a viable option because of the situation? Yeah, I was pretty in my head on it. And I was like, this is, let me let the brain solve this one. And the brain's like, you're far away and about to do all Mm. these things. So therefore, you know, does not compute. So I don't even know if I got to the point where I was like, what do I want? I wasn't really thinking with my whole being and I didn't learn how to do that until really Amy it was like the first time in my life where I used my heart to make a life decision mm-hmm. and we can talk about that later because that mm-hmm. ended up happening later but there, this was began the, the beginning of the winter of our <laughs> long distance basically and she wanted more right I'm I think she was yeah she was she was in she was like because Amy like was using her heart she knew how to use that and I was you know, in kindergarten on that one. And she like knew And my, my, a couple of friends of mine picked up on it. They were like, that girl at this birthday dinner of yours, she's in love with you. Yeah. She's not coming <laughs> to New York just, you know, for shits and giggles here. Right. Yeah. But she, so yeah, there was yeah. a long period of uncertainty between you two. And I remember her telling me, cause Amy and I went to Copenhagen together. So we also shared this experience. No, we did not <laughs> hook up. So I'm, I'm a little mad about that, but she and I uh, talked about you and she's like, I think we're just in a very uncertain period right now. And I don't know if we want the same things. And I think she was saying that really to protect herself because she had mentioned you so many times. And I think it was just in her mind, fate had brought you two together. So the winter of your relationship is happening, like you said, what helps you to get out of this slump that you're in? It was a combination of things. But I one thing that really stands out in my mind is I would go on dates in New York, or I would see somebody for a week or two and then Amy and I would get on a FaceTime and mm. I would feel so much more through this piece of glass 
Mm. And just be like, wow, this is really special. This is like, this is something I'm not thinking about. It's just happening. I'm really smiling a lot. I feel so easy in being and talking with this person. And that was just impossible to ignore. And when I was most hesitant in the beginning, she was kind of most like clear. And then we kind of flipped. She did a Vipassana and all this self. What's Apasana? Oh, Vipassana, a silent 10-day meditation. Oh, mm. and she she did a yoga teacher training like she like, you know, did an eat, pray, love thing for a little while. And that like turned her inward. And then I became sort of unimportant or uninteresting or whatever to her, mm. you know, reasonably. And right around that time, I felt something like this needs to change. Like I'm I need to like get, you know, reacquainted with her. I need to do something. And Julie, since you're a timeline person, I think we're now around. <laughs> Thank you for addressing that. <laughs> I want, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Trying to be a good guest here. Um, maybe. Maybe around like May. Okay. Don't hold me to that, but around May, like if you have Amy on and she's like that timeline's wrong. I want to be clear. <laughs> Whatever she says is more correct. Um, but we both had reason to be in San Francisco. Me for a bachelor party and she for a wedding. So we decided to be together in the in the middle and that she invited me to this wedding as a Ooh. as a guest. So I'd be like her date. That to me that came with all these things like, "Oh, we're back on. It's here we go." And I remember her calling me like a kind of two days before and her telling me that like we were friends now then that was what was going to happen we were just gonna be Mm. friends and this was an invite as for for fun and don't expect don't expect anything do you think it was that because you weren't like fully committing to doing this with her that she kind of you know went to self-protection mode or even not even self-protection mode but just this isn't the right person because they're not stepping up I don't know. Maybe. I don't I don't think it had anything to do with me. Mm. If I had been like ready to roll in the beginning, like I, that would have changed things, of course, I think. But like, I think that she had like her her thing to go do and her herself to go explore. And she had big questions in front of her that ex- exceeded me mm. and had more, you know, beyond were beyond me, were beyond maybe what she knew. And I'm not even sure if she would say that to you, but that was my assessment. And I didn't, I really didn't want to get in the way of that. I don't want to derail somebody from like what they wanted to figure out who they want to be. How did it make you feel when she said, we're going to this wedding as friends, don't expect anything? Fucking furious. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was super, super fucking R-rated. mad. <laughs> I was on 6th Avenue and 13th yelling back at her like, what are you talking about? What does this mean? Like, how you're like pulling the wool over my eyes, gaslighting, yada, yada, other phrases that may or may not make sense. But I was very angry. <laughs> I was like, like, what do you mean? You're telling me this like a day before? Like, I'm about to get on a plane and go to a wedding and like do the wedding couple like performative dance a little bit with you. Mm-hmm. And you're now like piercing that bubble. Why would you do that? <laughs> that was the first time I got mad at her. And uh, it was adorable in retrospect. According to she you. She was surprised. <laughs> yeah, according to me. She was surprised that I was mad. And I remember being like a little weird on the plane, being like, what am I flying into? Am I an idiot? Is this like a waste of time? And I got to the airport, like kind of like cold and standoffish. And she like gave me, she was like, hey, hi, you know, a huge big hug and like gave me a kiss on the lips. And I was like, we're doing that? We're kissing on the lips? Like what? What's going on right now? <laughs> so I was really confused. And then we had a, 
a good time at the wedding. We had an okay time in San Francisco, but like, you know, generally pretty good. Why just okay? Mm, it just wasn't in sync. You know, like we weren't like mm. feeling, it wasn't butterflies. It wasn't mm. super lovey dovey. Just even like logistically, I'm like, hey, I thought we were going to be at the park here and you're not here and you're running late and it feels like I'm not that important or this, mm. you know, like that stuff. That stuff's not like insignificant in my book. You know, if you're trying to like be with somebody and they're right. blowing you off, they're, maybe they don't want to really show up for you, you know, not in a bad way, but maybe for, for clarity's sake. You know, mm. maybe you don't need to worry about them because they're telling you. Got it. Because you guys both had like your friends in San Francisco. So you were kind of doing solo stuff too. Is that why you were kind of not connected at all times? Yeah. Yeah. Also, her parents are in the Bay Area. Mm. So it just wasn't, it just wasn't lining up. I had had this storybook, like we would be doing these things together and, mm. you know, we both lived here. We could show each other things that we liked and, you know, what we, what we were into and none of that happened. Were you two <laughs> staying in the same room together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. we were in um, a friend's apartment um, who was out of town. So we were there and you know, we did hang out together. We were trying to hang out, trying to be together. We did have fun together, but it just, something was off, you know, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't magic anymore. So what turned things around? Clearly you're married now. How did things, you know, move to a committed, serious relationship? Yeah. So we left San Francisco and I was like, okay, this is going great. And she's like, no, it's not, it's not going great at all. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, okay, I'm really wrong. I could feel her continuing to pull away, you know, back her back in London and me in New York. And I just got very, very, like my, just my heart took over and was not pleased with what was going on. And it was basically like, she doesn't get it. You need to tell her in a really clear way that she can't misinterpret. Because I would say things to her like, hey, I really care about you. And she'd be like, okay, I got to go. You know, mm. and like... I, you know, or I would share what I was feeling and she just, she was, she was closing. The door was closing, you know, that Indiana Jones moment. And I was like, I got to go slide through that door and not lose my hat in the process. So this is also embarrassing. So I had to use Italian earlier and I also play the guitar. I had to write a song <laughs> to reel her back in. I have really never done that before. I know that sounds impossible, but I've been playing the guitar for a long time. And this is the first time I wrote a love song for, for a girl. Wow. It came through me. I wrote lyrics that just, I didn't even think about them. I was like, here's how I feel. And I re recorded it and I sent it to her. I didn't know what would happen. And then like, at first she was like, what is this? And I don't really know or care. And then she listened to it again and again and again and again. And then she realized like that it was real, that I really loved her. And that's what I was saying to her. Oh, so in the song, you professed your love to her. Not outright. But, uh, you know, walked, walked up to the door and was like, this is, this is how I feel. Um, like we're supposed to, we're supposed to find out if this is, if this is real love. Got it. Huh. Okay. okay. So, I mean, I've lost track of timelines a little, but this is probably like <laughs> about a year later, right? From the trip. This is a lot. It feels like a lot of times passed by. It's about, yeah, we're closing in on a year, Julie. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're playing the log game here, both of you too. Yeah, I wasn't trying to, but yes, it's turned into the long game. And there's one more piece of the story that's really important about like okay. where it like seals, right? So that she's like, she gets it. She feels it. Her heart's opening up again, but we're still far apart. And one day she calls me on FaceTime from a beach in Mykonos and she's like, hi, look at where I am. I'm like, wow, I, it's 
terrible outside and cold. <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me? And then her friend, who I had not met, this beautiful person named Hannah, takes the phone and she goes, you need to get over here right now. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but yeah, yes. you, need, you need to just, you just need to be here. And I was like, ha, 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 that's ridiculous. And can I, you put Amy back on or whatever. And Amy's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, that Hannah did that. Ah, don't or do, I don't know. Bye. <laughs> don't or do. And, okay. But look, again, another like kind of invitation mm-hmm. from the universe. This is something I would never do. Go to Mykonos for the weekend. That sounds beautiful. That sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. like what other people do. And like <laughs> for me at the time, like, oh, that's that's what like glamorous, annoying people do. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. But then I'm in like the checkout line at Whole Foods. I'm like, let's just see how much the flights are. <laughs> and I look and I'm like, oh, this one's actually pretty easy on the wallet. And the itinerary is good. I was like, you know what? Screw it. it. I just love yep. it. Just booked it right there. And I showed up in Mykonos. I gave myself like a little bit of intention, which I'd never done before. Mm. And I'd heard on smart podcasts like this one to to set intentions. (laughs) And I was like, just just have a ton of fun. Don't worry about anything else. And just like live it to the max. Like enjoy the shit out of this. And that's exactly what happened. We had a fucking ball. It was so fun. And I got to tell her that I love her in, you know, face to face. And to this day, you know, we have a huge wind in our sails from our friend, Hannah, who helped us, Mm -hmm. you know, reconnect and and unite. And she helped marry us a couple of years later. So full circle. Wow. I feel like we need another whole episode to ask you how things actually went from this to marriage. But I guess if you could give us maybe like a very high synopsis, like how did you go from still living way not close to each other to building a life together? Yeah. The short story is Amy quit her job and she moved Mm -hmm. to New York and she moved in to, and I was like, just move in with me and we'll figure this out really quickly if it's going to work or not. And we're two at that time, I think we were 35, 36. It's like, we don't have a lot of time to waste if we want kids, which we do. So let's just hurry up. And I know that's crazy, but just move in. And she did. And it basically has been working out beautifully. Happily ever after. I love that. I mean, I'm going to go into some takeaways from this because this has just been such an incredible story. But one of the things that really stands out to me is that you did not follow, you know, any of the typical dating timelines, right? Of going on a few dates, defining the relationship, waiting X amount of time to move in and say, I love you. You kind of just played by your own rules with that. And I love how just organic this whole relationship was. So that's kind of just the first high level. But one of the things that stood out to me is just not overthinking the opener. You just said something. And we hear all the time of people that are just afraid to approach people in real life or even on apps, they're waiting for this perfect opening line. And the problem with that is that you're just not making moves and taking action. So even saying something that seems so basic or whatever, it's still better than saying nothing. Imagine if you didn't say anything, this entire life of yours would never have unfolded. So I think this whole piece that you said that this is a gift from the universe, if we can start to see all the interactions that we have with people out there 
as gifts from the universe and kind of have this mentality of why wouldn't you? You mentioned that a few times. I think that really stuck with me. It's like, there's nothing to lose. The only thing to lose is not having this gift and receiving it. So the very last one I'll add was the power of presence. You said multiple times that you were not overthinking the next steps of this and what was going to go down. I think that is something that a lot of us are really guilty of doing, especially when we're meeting on dating apps or somewhere that the context is, am I going to date this person and get married to them versus a trip where you're kind of just like, ah, this sounds fun. Let me hang out with this person and see where it goes. So I think having this present attitude, even if you're not meeting someone on a solo trip, but of course, opening yourself up on a solo trip too, it can go so far that you're just not overthinking every last thing or putting that pressure on until a natural connection forms. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful what you said. I totally, totally agree with myself echoed back from your (laughs) high level thoughts. You're like, you're so smart. I mean, I'm so smart. (laughs) I I surely did the right things, didn't I? I I would, I would have changed how long it took if I could go back. I, it didn't, you know, I was overthinking too much or just, you know, I had my, my quote plan. And Mm -hmm. one thing I have learned since being with Amy is your heart knows all these things that your brain will figure out that it knew eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, like it catches up to your heart. And when I have listened to my heart or my gut, my gut is what told me to go to Italy in the first place to go be able to meet her. When the heart and the gut tell you to do something, like you should really try to listen to that and let that tell your brain, like, hey, well, you, 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 that's why you're around because you're going to figure it out when we get there and you'll make sure it's safe and fun and, and cool. And that's what the brain's good for. I love that. I think so many times we overthink and justify why something won't work opposed to just doing it and making it work. And that at the end of the day is commitment is making things work. Yeah. I think also with like the opening lines, you know, I can, I'm, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, so I understand the need for a good (laughs) opener, right? But I think you could just go in with like, hello, this is my opening line. I mean, if it's that or nothing, right? It's like, yeah. The reason why you didn't overthink it. So this is what the irony I find in your story is that you went all the way to Italy to meet a woman that you would have probably met in the States somewhere, either in New York or in San Francisco or through friends or at freaking Burning Man that she goes to every year. So it's funny that people always think their city is to blame and you were Mm -hmm. in the middle of a transition of leaving San Francisco when it ultimately falls on our mindset. And I think your solo trip brought out this really courageous and playful and uh, sort of curious side of you that sometimes is not our default behavior when we stay in our own cities. So what happened on the solo trip was that you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go to the spa on my own. Fuck it, I'm going to wear this towel. Fuck it, I'm going to talk to this girl. And you kind of like throw those fears out of the way and throw the overthinking away too because you're on a trip in a foreign place, what do you have to lose? And I think we can really use that mentality in our home cities too, because we wake up and we have these knee-jerk reactions to life. But if we can just like change our scenery a little bit, maybe just move to a different room and stay in there for a few hours and see how you feel or walk around the neighborhood and take a different route, discover a new place, a new neighborhood. I think that really helps people to reignite that courage and that kind of playful side. I also love the fact that you two discovered each other. And it's and even 
kind of witnessing your relationship now, new discoveries are always coming up for you. And it all began with this trip in Copenhagen of, I don't know anything about this person, so let's just try this. Do you like this or do you not like this? And I think that's what dating is about. You had no profile on her. You didn't know any background about her to judge her by. You just knew she was a cool girl that you connected with. You thought she was attractive and you just wanted to get to know and discover more about her. And that's sort of what we're missing in modern dating is the discovery process. Because when we meet someone, we feel like we know everything about them already, which is not true. So I really admire that part of the story too. And that's why I think solo trips could really bring that out in people. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of being in reality to engage with people to like for dating. I think like I have a bunch of friends who were doing the apps really hard and I was like, Mm -hmm. well, the thing about that is going to be tricky is like you're a special, unique, marvelous person and it's going to be hard for them to feel that on this profile. What photo or what words can encapsulate the magic of a human being there are none Mm-mm. they'll never will be in vr like none it's never going to happen like, in VR. The, there's yeah. like it's just like, whatever they're cooking up over there is like it's always going to be less good than, than what mm-hmm. it is and the notion of solo travel doesn't have to be europe it doesn't have to be six weeks it could be to someplace in the neighborhood over from you that you've never uh-huh. been like yes. some coffee shop and just go alone and don't be on your computer staring at it and or your <laughs> yes, phone yes. and just be a Present. little bit available <laughs> Like, I want to just relay some info like that my mom told me and she is married and still married and they're about to have their 50th anniversary this year. She would get a ton of dates just going to the bar alone. She would just walk up Mm. to the bar and sit down and she always, she had three boys, so she can't relay this information to any daughters. So that's why I'm doing it right now because this is for her. (laughs) Paint it forward. (laughs) Paint it for you, mom. If you are, this is a direct quote, if you are a halfway decent looking person, you can go to the bar alone as a lady and guys will be falling all over you. And you know what? I would love to see somebody try that because I think there's a lot of value in that kind of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need to be a bar, but like, yeah. yeah, if you if you make yourself a little available and like feel that discomfort and be like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be here, uh, but I'm open and I'm like, cool with it. I think a lot of amazing things can happen. Yeah, we had one of the moderators of our community do this all the time. She's the queen of master dating. That's what we call it over here. And I think it we a lot of us justify to ourselves that no one meets in real life anymore. No one wants to, especially in COVID times, it's so difficult. But she had no problem meeting people wherever she went because she was putting herself out there in that situation, not in a gaggle of like 50 girls either. It's just impossible for anyone to break through a group like that. So I think so many times, again, it kind of goes back to like this mentality of we can think about all the ways it won't work, but we could just do it and make it work opposed to overthinking it also. Yeah. Yeah. I think if something's a little scary, then it's probably something worth trying. Just a word of caution for anybody thinking about solo tripping this year. I would advise not to go on a solo trip thinking you're going to meet someone and don't have that expectation because what happens most of the time is you meet someone on your journey, not on your destination. 
And this is what happened to Will. He was not going on this trip thinking he was going to meet his future wife. He was in it for an experience, thinking that he would find his future wife in Brooklyn, which was his his destination. Right. So I think setting that expectation, knowing that you're going on this trip purely to be curious and to explore the world, I think that will put you in a much more available mindset, like Will said. Yeah, I think that is exactly what's the problem with dating apps is that you're there to date, right? So it's very focused. So I think that advice could also even extend over to that world, right? I'm just here to meet another human being. And like Will said too, and we keep echoing this, you're never going to know from a profile, but you will know when you actually meet that person and see if there's someone special. So great. Yeah, I think it's so cool being a little curious and like saying hi and just having the ability to like shoot this shit with somebody like Mm -hmm. if it just stops there, that's cool. You know, that's like that's practice, Mm -hmm. you know, and you get like your your feet under you a little bit. Like, I think that's a lost art a little bit. You know, like when I get into an elevator, I'm like, cool, captive audience. They're stuck here. So what should we say? You know, what would be like fun? That's me. That's how I kind of like get some kicks. But like, I think that that uh, playfulness can be that idea of it can can be brought into this whole arena and and change some outcomes for people. Yep. Date like a comedian. Yeah. I was going to say, Will, being a stand-up comedian and a writer, how much of the story have you used in your materials? Actually, none. So far, none. none. I I know. I think that needs to change. Hey, let's see how many downloads this podcast gets. And then if it's a lot, you know, we'll, we'll bring it into the routine. And if people want to learn more about the content you're putting out there, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, it's all at willrockland.com. You can also follow me at Instagram at willrockland. So very easy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Will. This was an incredible story. I hope it gave people a renewed sense of faith that you can meet people anywhere. And the world is a much smaller place than I think we think a lot of times. Yes, it really is. Thank you guys. Thanks for coming on our show, Will, and for all of our listeners. Hopefully this inspired you to do something out of the ordinary. Push yourself outside your comfort zone, maybe go on a solo trip, or maybe just go somewhere solo for a few hours and see what that feels like because you never know what can happen. And while you're on this solo trip, feel free to go into Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and write a nice little <laughs> review because you all have the time to do so and it looks like you're busy doing something and not awkwardly Best just Best solo there. trip ever, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap this up. Stay, Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Stay dateable.